Hey there, everybody. This is Scott Grimes. I play Gordon Malloy on the Orville, and you are listening to the Planetary Union Network Orville Fan Podcast. Dig it! Uh, this is Joe Quickle. This is Michael May. And this is Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. And with us tonight is BJ Tanner. Uh, you may recognize BJ as Marcus Finn on the Orville. Uh, BJ, how are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm doing just fine. And I want to thank you guys for uh, putting me on your guys' podcast. And oh. I just want to that that... Um, I do play Marcus on the Orville, but it's only acting. Uh, my parents do come from the South, so I could never get away with the things that Marcus get away with. But <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the South, so I got some questions I want to ask you about. <laughs> Just, uh, where, whereabouts in the South are you from? Uh, I'm from Arkansas. Well, my dad was born in Ohio. My mom okay. was born in the Philippines. We, but we all grew up in Arkansas. You, okay. you actually, born. yeah, I was born in Texas, and we moved all over. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I went to school in Arkansas a little bit. So, so uh, BJ, what you've been acting a long time, haven't you? How, how old were you when you started? Oh, when I started acting, I was seven years old, I believe. Um, wow. We moved out here from South Carolina, and. Um, it was a new experience for us. Uh, we were just trying something new. Me and my parents prayed on it. We wanted to be on TV, so my parents took the risk and moved out here. And bam, here I am. <laughs> nice. Now, did you do some commercials and stuff before you got into shows, or did you go straight into being on TV? Actually, my first one was a TV show called Will to Live. And it was just a fun experience. It was my first audition. And... Yeah, we just came out with the booking, I guess. <laughs> cool. Um, and one of the shows you did, uh, you're you one of the ones you're best known for before the Orville was Grey's Anatomy playing Tuck. And uh, just to make me feel really old, like I was watching that show probably about the time you were being born. <laughs> that show's been on a long time. Yes, sir. It really has. Um, so how how was that different from uh, from being on a big sci-fi show like the Orville. Well, uh, they're both great shows. Um, but I may have to say the scenes. In one scene, I may be shooting some aliens, and it may take a couple times, multiple times, to shoot that scene. And on the Grey's, Ana- and on Grey's Anatomy, um, I'm not shooting at anything. Yeah. <laughs> and well, uh, let's take for the scene. Cool. And then how did you get that job uh, on the Orville? Like, what was the casting process like for that? Well, the casting process, um, I auditioned for it, and I was put on hold shortly, uh, shortly after. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought it was like a one-time kind of gig, but we realized it was a, a actually a recurring part, and we got really excited about it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because so you had the one episode in uh, season one, um, and then 
yeah, I guess we all hope like we we uh, we really liked you and you liked the um, the guy playing your brother and it was it was a fun dynamic with you and uh, you, you two and um, Penny and uh, and and March. Um, so I'm glad you're back. I'm glad it was fun to see you again in uh, in season two. Well, thank you. Um, so you you mentioned glad that uh, what's that? I said glad to be back. Oh yeah, good. Um, now you mentioned that uh, it, it's Marcus is quite different <laughs> from you. He gets away with stuff that you could not get away with. Uh, could you expand on that a little bit? Like uh, how how is I guess what's kind of one of the bigger stretches for you as an actor playing Marcus? How are you different from him? Uh, probably talking back in his attitude with yeah. uh, his parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I can't do this with my parents. <laughs> That's a no-no. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. Um, are you like him in any ways? Um. Well, I make the character myself in some ways. Uh, so, yes, sir, I would say that I am him in some ways, I guess. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Like how? Probably the way his body language, probably, well, when my parents aren't looking, of course, but <laughs> um, <laughs> body uh, uh, I'm smart, sneaky, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, you don't have to give away any secrets. <laughs> Joe, you got questions? Um, yeah. So do you have any uh, favorite moments on set? Any favorite moments? Um, hmm, I can't even just pick one moment, I guess. Um, when I step on set, there's no doubt that I'm on a spaceship. It's two levels filled with real headquarters, uh, including my bedroom. And just know, and you just know, like, there was a lot of put, uh, work put onto the set, and I just love being there. They fly out the orchestra, just they play, they play a lot of music. Is they play live music? So are they playing music like from the actual episode you're, that's going to be airing, or are they just playing something that's kind of similar to it to kind of get you in the mood, or what are they playing? Yes, uh, they flew in an orchestra for one episode, and I was there to watch. Wow! Uh, towards the end of the day, it was really cool. That's awesome. Sit back, watch. Yeah, yes, sir. And they're playing music from the show. Uh, for the show, yes, sir. They were playing it for one episode. Cool. And what's it like working with Seth? Or have you had scenes with him? I'm trying to remember. Sir. Have you had? uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't want you to like give away any spoilers or anything. So I'm trying to remember if you. If Marcus and uh, and and Ed have been in a scene together that we've seen already, um, but have you have you worked much with Seth McFarland? Well, we will be, uh, but um, yeah, I don't want to give away too much. But, yeah, yeah, don't, don't. Um, yeah, we get to talk, and everyone pretty much knows that the Orville is closest to Mr. Seth's heart, and mm-hmm. to me, he is perfectionist, which is really well, uh, and. When he gives me direction, I listen. He really tries to pull the best out of each of us, and uh, he wears many hats and yeah. nothing. And uh, watching him inspires me. Cool. He, he, he's not, so he directs. Yeah, he's not only on the show; he directs all of us behind the scenes. 
Yeah. Could you share a piece of advice that he gave you? Uh, probably to be, uh, hmm, uh, what is it called? Um, I can't explain this. Uh, more out there. It's that kind of, uh, like, like, uh, be bigger in a way, like our okay. actions, the way, yeah, you, you get what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just like body language and stuff like that. And, and, uh. Um, what about with some of the other cast members? Like you work really close with Penny. How what's that like? How, what's your relationship with her? Our relationship with Miss Penny. Um, I think it's a good relationship between me and Miss Penny. Yeah. Uh, uh, we play little games off set. Uh, we do a lot of set together. It's like we're actual family. <laughs> yeah. Now I know she likes to dance on set. Do you like to dance too? Oh, yes, sir. I really love to dance. All right, good. <laughs> Got a couple videos of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, any, any other favorite cast members that you uh, really enjoy working with? Oh, uh, yes, sir, of course. Uh, my little brother, Ty, yeah. uh, played by Ty Warner, uh, and my beautiful stepmother, you know, Miss Penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Seth, because, you know, he's Mr. Seth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Who I call Aunt uh, and Mr. Scott. They're always cracking up jokes on set. Yeah. Gosh, pick one favorite. I can't. Right, right. <laughs> you are taking me back, man, with the, with the, the Mr. Seth and Miss Penny. Like, that's what we all called adults when I was growing up, too. So you are, you're just taking me way back to my, my own upbringing. That's awesome. Do you have any other special projects coming up that you, uh, you want people to know about or, or keep an eye out for? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now, me and my brother Blake, my real brother, mm-hmm. uh, Blake Tanner, me and him, or him and I are working on a web series called Real Kids of Hollywood. Uh, it's a script of reality of what we're going through, uh, trying to make it in Tinseltown, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Is, and that's going to be a web series, you said? Uh, yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Where uh, do you, is it going to have like its own website, or is it going to be on YouTube, or how's that going to come out? We're just pitching it right now, so we're not really okay. sure. Throwing that. Gotcha. gotcha. Cool. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. All right, Joe, you got anything else? Um, I think we I think we covered all the questions that we had. Uh, just really appreciate you, BJ, for, for joining us, and um, we're looking forward to uh, to next time and many more seasons to come. Uh, we also have okay. your uh, we have your on screen brother coming up in the, um, three or four weeks, I think, like that. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, Kai as well. Well, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you. You are an awesome, polite young man, pleasure. and uh, just been Thank great. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, BJ. Have a good night. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. See. So that was amazing. What a great kid. Oh, yeah. I I don't know what I was going to say, but um, <laughs> yeah, he absolutely, absolutely is a great kid. Very well-mannered. Um, we've not had any of the uh, the younger actors on yet, so... Um, this was new, new for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And, um, 
uh, you know, he was a little bit nervous, but uh, he did fantastic. And uh, like, I don't know if you're going to leave this part in the in the interview, but you know, we found out kind of before we started talking for real that uh, he grew up kind of in the same area that you currently live and that I I went to school in, and um, so just really neat, really fun conversation. Yeah. So, primal urges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. From sweet to uh, whatever primal urges. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that that episode was an education. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it was originally episode twelve uh, from season one. Um, they did some uh, reshoots, some and. I think changed some dialogue up and uh, made it fit seamlessly into season two. Yeah. And, and pretty seamlessly too. Like I know that they were a little concerned about, cause they, they redid um, Isaac's costume a little bit. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not the most observant person in the world, but I didn't really notice much of a difference between uh, um, like what we saw in the pilot episode for the, the premiere of the season uh, and the way he looked in uh in primal urges, did no, you? I didn't either. Yeah. Though speaking of of um, of his uh, of uh, Mark's costume, um, just the uh, I, I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit, but the uh, the shot when they exited the shuttle mm-hmm. was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of the special effects around the the kind of dying sun and um and the planet and um you know with the, the atmosphere the oceans being you know sucked into space and it was it was remarkable and like the orville in orbit around the sun and just the the, the orangeness of it all and it was, it was gorgeous it was really cool yeah they um definitely definitely did a good job on vfx and just the shots that our our editor friends chose, <laughs> mm-hmm. just yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it really sells it too because, it, it, like, there was uh, a moment where they were just talking on the bridge about you know kind of enjoying the show and um, and and it kind of I don't know it, it you know on, on Next Generation they do a, a lot of this kind of thing where they're going to go observe you know, a dying sun or, you know, some kind of natural phenomenon, some kind of cosmic phenomenon. And, and it's all just kind of very scientific and, and observant. Um, but this, like, I really got the feel for what, what that would be like and, and how exciting it would actually be to see these things. I mean, we've all heard about stars dying and, you know, what happens to planets and stuff. And, um, you know, they're there running their tests and, and, you know, all the stuff that they're doing, but they're also there just to kind of soak in it and watch it and, and, uh, just, you know, see this thing that we, we all kind of knew happens in outer space, but we don't get to see close up. And it was just, it really kind of pulled me into it and, and kind of put me in the moment and, and made me realize how cool it would actually be to be on a ship like that and get to observe things like that in a way that, uh, even next generation, I don't think kind of breezed past. Yeah, I, I believe they even touched on that in some of the dialogue of just how rare the, mm-hmm. of an experience it is. 
Yeah. And then just to nail it with the actual visual effects and just, you know, that, that only solidifies it even more. It makes you feel more a part of it that you're actually getting to watch, you know, kind of, uh, the, the artist's conception of like what this would actually be like and look like. And it was very, very cool. Yeah. And, uh, we also found out that they're that on that planet, which actually was what started a deeper scan and brought them closer at first was, mm-hmm. uh, um, what what Malloy called free gas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the sonium is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, the sonium. Um, and it, uh, I believe they they clarified that it was manufactured. It looked like it was manufactured, which sparked the uh, scan for a civilization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I felt like the heartbreak in it too, like when they realized, oh, there's like. There used to be a civilization under there. And they, I love how, like, episode kind of reveals this stuff gradually. So, you know, first they find that there's this, you know, free gas. And then they look a little bit closer and they go, oh, there's the remains of the civilization. And we have no way of, like, checking it out. And I think Kelly says something about, you know, it's just, it's basically a, a missed opportunity for a great archaeological find but there's just no way to get down and explore it in time right. and then you find out that there's still people yeah, alive seven, down there 75 yeah yeah um and yeah i don't want to get too far ahead of us either but uh but yeah that the way that plot kind of resolves itself is uh um is very kind of heartbreaking and real as is the a plot uh, in this story as well it, it's uh um you know, this is very much kind of a sequel to about a girl, right? About a about a girl, yeah. Um, where you know, Bordas is dealing with, well, he uh, he has a porn addiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, and he, he's dealing with it in his own special way. Yeah, and you kind of, you know, that's on on one level, like that's a really interesting thing to, to think about, and 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 kind of look at like how that's affecting his relationship with with uh biden um and then it gets deeper and they and you know because they go to the couples counseling and uh <laughs> and i guess i have a question about that because like it really surprised me that dr finn is, is not only a medical doctor but also the uh, i guess the therapist um why not i guess but yeah uh, but, I, it's a it's a smaller smaller ship and um yeah. You know, you, you can't really bring a whole hospital on board, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's good, man. She's she was actually really good, um, like with the uh, the exercises she was having them do, and and the way she was kind of making them talk about the stuff that was bothering them, and and come to find out that Bordis is still super ticked off yeah. about what happened and about a girl, as he would be, right? And, and it just it completely makes sense, and it just it feels like well we were watching it as a family my wife and my son and and uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah well (laughs) yeah we (laughs) um but bordis is talking about just how it it, like dr finn is like making him talk to clyden and and uh expresses feelings and he and bordis just says straight up it's like i still i resent you and i it just it i am angry that you made this choice and that every time that I look at my son, I wonder if we did the right thing uh, or if I should have fought harder or, and, 
and it's just what a horrible situation right you know to to find yourself in um where you feel that way about this person you're supposed to be a partner with and and spending and you know building a life together with and um it just yeah so my my wife just went that man that's really real <laughs> like that's <laughs> it, it, it that's what this show does right it's just uh you know it's funny uh, and there's this really cool sci-fi element to it but then just these really just real human moments um and uh and this is another great example yeah it's what keeps us coming back right right so he um bordis um as uh as we've been skipping around a bit but uh so um you know the cat the captain and uh and um uh commander grayson have n- kind of concerns <laughs> maybe you know yeah. if he's sick or what because he's left several times in the past couple of weeks i believe uh yeah just early and, sneaking uh, out 15 minutes early. yeah so he's he's giving uh he's giving them one story he's giving Clyde another story and he's leaving his leaving a shift early and coming home late and uh we find out why and that why is because he has been programming uh <laughs> Pro- programming some some hollow porn, <laughs> yeah, uh, on the uh, the environmental simulator, and uh, we saw well three three of those that I, I guess he, were scenarios that he he made. I, I don't know how that works on. <laughs> yeah, there, well, but... as if it works like Star Trek, or you you just go in and program whatever you want, but uh, he's come up with at least three. And I, I think the implication is that he's got more well, given, know? given the all... numbers of them. I mean, yeah. uh, unless they're <laughs> random, the highest one was nine thirty one. So yeah. <laughs> that might be his birthday or something. Maybe, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, he's, you know, there's like a sexy hookup by the, the campfire, the, you know, this whole dungeon sequence where he's <laughs> got to, uh, you know, perform favors for the the guard in order to uh, escape being executed the next morning, and the uh, doctor exam, and is I mean, all stuff just like you know, right out of you know, dirty movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and I like how um, like Clyden keeps uh, complaining that uh, that. They're not spending any time together, and and like, have we heard the uh, the term sexual event before this episode? I haven't heard. I haven't. I don't believe we have. But now <laughs> I, I was. Um, I had uh, the the notes to <laughs> say that we we now know that they call it sharing the sexual event. Yes, <laughs> it's so romantic. Those guys. It's like or the you know the and the evening meal and <laughs> very yeah. very matter of fact. Right, right. Um, we also find out that Clyden gets um, so upset by it because those boarders continues coming home late, coming home late, and it, and it goes back again to like earlier episodes in season one where they were um, kind of arguing about how much time Bordas spends at work, and, uh, and I'm trying to remember now: do those arguments come up? I think they Before do. They come. They come up. Uh, 
they do come up earlier in season one. Yeah, was it before or after before uh, about a girl though? Hmm. Like I'm trying to remember if the seeds for this, like because we always get the feeling that Bordas is probably a little bit of a workaholic anyway. Like he's he's just a very serious person. Um, but now I'm wondering if like those arguments they were having back then, if if that was like the beginning of when Bordas was kind of like getting caught up in all of this. Maybe we're, we're um, going to have to go back and watch and see when that started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that's really cool. If it is like, if that, if that timeline works out, then that's, I love that that seed got planted way back there. Um, cause I remember talking about it with you guys, you about, um, and Clyden brings it up again, a couple of times in this episode that, that their situation is very similar to, um, Ed and Kelly's before they split up. Right. Uh, with Ed, you know, always being at work and, um, yeah. So Clyde gets super frustrated about it in a very shocking scene. Uh, <laughs> Portis wakes up and Clyde's standing over him in regalia and a dagger. <laughs> she plunges into Clyde's chest. Yeah. Um, when it, uh, yeah, it goes to commercial then. And when it came back, I, or during the commercial break, um, uh, when I watched it live, uh, I, I was thinking, well, okay, well, this maybe this is a dream sequence or something. But right. it's yeah, not a dream we, sequence. They actually, yeah, uh, they, they, Mocklins get stabby when they want to divorce their mates. <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I went to commercial and, and my whole family was like, Okay, what is this a dream? Is it you know what's going on? Is this like another? Is he still on the holodeck or you know? And then it comes back from commercial, and then he's in the emergency room, and Doctor Finn's trying to uh, revive him, and it's like, oh no, I guess that was real. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he, yeah, and then uh, you know, Clyden, Clyden's in the brig, and. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of interesting conversations. Um, especially with Ed and Kelly about kind of the challenges of Mocklin culture and, and uh, it kind of uh, wanting to be tolerant with other people's cultural beliefs, but not really sure like where the line is, like how tolerant do you get when, you know, part of their cultural beliefs is when you divorce somebody by murdering them in their bed. Right. Um, you know, that's, that seems like a line that they are not willing to cross. Um, but I, I like that that they kind of wrestle with it, even though we don't, uh, they don't kind of resolve it necessarily. That they're still going to kind of have to be struggling with that a little bit, especially around Mocklin culture. Yeah, uh, just all the different things the Mocklin culture. Uh, one one of the um, funny lines from uh, Captain Mercer that <laughs> stood out to me on that one was, uh, you know, what do they do when it's someone's birthday? Light the parents on fire? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We just came out of an episode too, um, <laughs> you know, all about uh, the pee ritual, right? <laughs> so the great it, release. A, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What well, uh, did that? The Go ahead. the 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 day drinking. Um, I kind of, I kind of get the get the idea that the Zelayans like liquor, because 
Alara and her Zelayan Tequila, and now we got them. Uh, we got uh, the captain and first officer drinking a Zelayan whiskey blossom. <laughs> the, I think the Zelayans, I think the Zelayans like to drink a bit. Yeah, that whiskey blossom is pretty interesting. It, it seems uh, that's a very couples drink, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or like they each have like some little cloud, like different colored clouds that form over the drinks. And when you click the glasses together, then it forms into a it kind of merges. The clouds merge together. I don't know. It seemed it was very free for me. I don't know if I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an odd whiskey drink, really. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to find out uh, if there was actually whiskey in that in those glasses because I know a lot of times there actually is. Yeah. I always heard apple juice. Um, apparently not on this show. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, where did that speak and spell line fit in? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was, in. um, uh, so it was when, uh, Captain Mercer, uh, said something about, um, he was talking to Isaac saying that he mm-hmm. won't, uh, won't bother him with any other, other issue or something. I can't remember the exact lines. Oh yeah. I think was being a little snippy about yeah. being interrupted in his work or something. And, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, he's just a glorified speaking spell. Screw him. Yeah. <laughs> Got a big laugh at our house. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of laughs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a great, it was a really funny episode for as serious as it was. It was also very, very funny. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Clyden, he gets kind of bored during the the, the doctor's exam right. scenario, and uh, so he goes and talks to this dude out in uh, engineering, um, which is some kind of like a really interesting looking new alien. I kind of like that guy. I, well, I don't like him. He's like he's kind of skeevy, but yeah, it's um, kind of like somebody you'd expect on the uh, sidewalk opening up a trench coat. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You want some, yeah. You need some watches, some cocaine. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, but the design of them was awesome. Like, I love that kind of, uh, it was not like an antenna coming out of his mouth. It was almost like a, like a, like a, a plant kind of, uh, what do you call that when they, the, Starts with a P that comes out of some flowers, but anyway, I don't know. It looked like a uh, plant. Of like a, a pistol, I believe. Is pistol. What that's that, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, plant knowledge. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like coming out of his mouth, but he can also use to use it to you know as an extra finger as he's like typing and and working his controls there on engineering. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently um, his species is is well known for their skill at developing unique <laughs> pornographic uh, material. Yeah, and all, all we know about him is that he is a lieutenant. And yeah. that his species <laughs> has some uh, some very interesting uh, can produce some interesting things. Yeah. And, and also, he's got... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was say, they, they also have uh, apparently a, a line on some pills, which yeah. Bordas is <laughs> didn't really understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how like he's speaking this completely alien language, but the subtitles are very kind of just down to earth, bro kind of right. stuff. Um, and I like how he didn't want to charge 
Bordas for it because he uh, whoever had developed it for him um, say he just he wanted Bordas like share it with his friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Kinda, no, yeah, and Bordas like I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, so that uh, that in, that encounter sets up the uh, the last half of the arc. Um, mm-hmm. Where he installs that uh, installs that encounter into the um, environmental simulator, and it apparently is called the Cove of Pleasure. <laughs> yeah, where we or that's what <laughs> one of the Mocklins says in there anyway. Welcome to the Cone of Pleasure or Cove of Pleasure, not Cone of Pleasure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and that's where Clyden walks in on board us and uh, <laughs> says, "You've had enough injections." <laughs> yeah, back in couples counseling. Like, right. When they start talking about the addiction and can I get an injection for that? And Clyde, <laughs> you've had enough injections. Just that was such a great line because it is funny, a but also it's exactly the kind of thing that you would expect a hurt spouse to say in that situation. Uh, oh. The um, so the uh, uh, the little encounter um mm-hmm. also infects the ship yeah yeah um and you, you had in your notes that the orbital gets an std which yeah. i thought was funny <laughs> uh, what was going through my head was just like computer viruses you know from downloading porn right um, moral of the story is go to go to porn sites get viruses right right but uh yeah and you know that raised some story questions for me like you know, does the because the lieutenant didn't develop this himself. He he got it from a buddy of his, um, right? Am I, right? Am I getting that correct? Um, so, like, I'm wondering, like, did the buddy intentionally put a virus in there, or is it just? I don't know. I I'm not really sure, and I don't know if I'm supposed to overthink it. I, I but, don't know either. I don't yeah. know if it would be an intentional thing, or I don't know. Just kind of seedy, skeevy people to start with so uh, right maybe yeah 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 maybe it's gonna it would be some like a ransomware or something mm-hmm. yeah. yeah maybe it was intended to you know be malware or something like gather information but uh interacted with the computers in a weird way and started shutting down systems and then <laughs> the poop pro- pizza producing poop pizzas yeah yeah <laughs> I like how how Malloy wants to touch it. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it really. Um, yeah, Malloy is all of us. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think John is more me. Like, there's John is funny, and he. Uh, but uh, Malloy is just like another step. <laughs> and John's just giving him some looks. It's like, what are you, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like <laughs> the Malloy talking, trying to set Bordis's mind at ease in the meeting when Bordis is like completely ashamed of everything. And, um, <laughs> Malloy's like, don't worry, man. It's like, I went to my, I went to town on myself this morning. <laughs> so I look so relaxed. <laughs> And Kelly is like, this whole crew is just disgusting. Yeah. Everyone's just gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> I don't even I, I don't even want to know what that re- report to the Admiralty is going to look like. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, another another really funny line. Uh, just I, I it it was the part of the episode that just I had me like dead. It was so funny. The just um I. I uh, Mike Henry's delivery as Dan is is oh. phenomenal already, but just when <laughs> when they're trying to repair it and they're in the simulator, uh-huh. in the <laughs> cove of pleasure, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, you know they're kind of easing up on um, on Lamar and he's you know kind of trying to get him away from him and and he, then Dan turns around, hi, I'm Dan, yeah, <laughs> like all right. I'm he's, just going to take a minute here. Yeah, he's so lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Henry's delivery is just, he's so funny. He's so funny. I'm, I think uh, he's in more this season because uh, I really enjoyed him last season too. Yeah, I think he's in. I, I, I don't think that this is the last we'll see of him anyway. Yeah, good. And um, we got an Indiana Jones reference. Yeah, right. They're talking about the uh, the radiation because so they find out that there's these seventy five survivors and they want to go try to rescue them, um, but there's radiation on the planet. And uh, um, somebody asks, uh, "Is it uh, um, it's like really like?" really bad suntan <laughs> bad or is it like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ark, Ark yeah. of the Covenant bad <laughs> yeah, is it, yeah is it yeah really bad really bad sunburn bad or is it op- just open the Ark of the Covenant bad right yeah and it's Ark of the Covenant bad <laughs> yeah so they gotta they gotta send down Isaac and Bordas because they're the only two that can handle it um although it makes me wonder I was wondering this even as, there, as it was going on like the, the people that were down there like how are they going to uh survive it uh, um, maybe they maybe it, i don't know maybe it's their proximity maybe they yeah. just adapted yeah yeah i'll buy it i'll buy it but uh, uh, but yes yeah so uh because of the um the modifications that they had to make and with uh they could only take 30 of the 75 survivors and that was also because the planet's uh but the uh, the breakup was accelerating. I believe it was Isaac's line. Yeah, they were going to originally make several trips. I thought they had like twenty four hours basically, but the planet started breaking up faster than they thought it was going to. So they could only make one trip with uh, thirty people. Um, and it was heartbreaking. It was, uh, you know, we've seen this scenario in other thing, in other places, other shows, whatever. Um, and uh, you know, typically the the focus is on kind of the drama of that process. Like how do you pick, you know, 45 people to die? Um, and in this case, it wasn't really about that. That all kind of happened off camera, but um, it was, it was just this kind of, again, real moment where not every mission is going to be a success. Like sometimes you're going to go down to a planet of 75 people and you're going to come back with 30. Um, and, uh, and of course, Bordas, you know, he witnesses some people saying goodbye and, you know, to their loved ones who are about to die. And that, that affects him in a, in a real way as well. But, uh, yeah, it um, was basically his catharsis for 
actual change. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it just the whole finale, like that last act, was super affecting to me. Like it, this the idea that they lost forty five people, they they didn't get them all, um, and then the uh, you know what the Orville goes through. Yeah, <laughs> in those final seasons, it's getting pulled into the sun, and you you see like panels being pulled off and burned off of you know the outside of the ship, and again, just you know, kind of comparing this to like you know Star Trek, you just you don't typically see that. Like you you hear, oh, we're getting pulled into the sun, but you know, the, the, somehow the shields hold and the model still looks pristine and it's all fine. But this like was really harrowing. <laughs> like watching yeah. them get that close. Like I was I wasn't you know obviously worried that anybody was that they weren't going to make it i knew they would pull it out somehow but it felt really really rough yeah if this were uh if if this were a season finale episode which it even it wasn't even a season finale episode last year but right um you you'd be worried about the ship actually being the same ship when it came back it you know it'd be like mm-hmm. orville a or whatever you yeah, right. Like, like, well, sorry, we've got to scrap this one. Here, here's a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the music during all of that too was, uh, it was, it was super affecting. It, it really, I really noticed it. Um, like during they're being pulled in, and and especially like when they're escaping, and just uh, the score was really, really like extra good. I thought in this episode. Yeah, I need to look at um, look at who scored this one. Speaking See. of scores, um, so we're running around the end of the uh, the um, episode discussion. Uh, there is a uh, score album coming out on January twenty second. Oh, sweet! And we're giving away some copies. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm gonna have to grab that for myself. Yeah, yeah, me too. We're giving away. I'm gonna have to buy mine. But um, right, right. The uh, yeah, it's. Uh, we're um, working with La La Land Records, uh, which is who um, is putting the album out, cool. to uh, give away some copies. There'll be some details on the social medias. Um, but yeah, this this episode, uh, Peter Macon was actually going to join us uh, for this episode last season, uh, before it was moved. Um, but uh, couldn't uh, this season yet because of some scheduling, but he will be joining us sometime later. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk to him. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, but it's not going to be next week, because next week we've got John Kassar. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and the episode is titled Home. And um, the uh, the synopsis online is very Spartan. It is literally just Ed, Gordon, and Alara visit Alara's home planet. Cool. Do we have, uh, has it been announced, like, who guest stars might be for that? Like, are we going to see Alara's parents again? Um, I don't know if that's been announced, but I know that several months ago, uh, Robert Picardo uh, tweeted a picture with him in uh, his makeup. Okay. So at least he will be back. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Looking forward to that then. Oh, we. Are, we... I did. I thought I, I forgot one more. Um, 
one more set of giveaways. Uh, we're still working with the uh, uh, Rittenhouse Archives, um, who does all of the uh, trading card sets. And uh, that's coming out in late February, and we'll have, I'm not exactly sure how many sets, or if there'll be sets, or just packs, or either way, we'll have some of the trading cards to uh, to give away to the fans, too. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. You want to do it this time? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. All right, so if uh, if you're not already, then uh, get in on some of these uh, giveaways. Follow us on Twitter at Planetary underscore Union. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We're at uh, Planetary Union Network, and you can join us there. Uh, we have an Instagram account, which is Planetary Union Network, and also our website, planetaryunion.net. And that's it. Jaloja. God, that's yeah, we were not good at the uh, the synchronized. No, I, I, I fixed it in post. You never know. Good. Yeah. <laughs>